Good evening, guys. Uh, welcome back to the Hollywood Girl and Rock Show. This is Elizabeth Milan. This is Mike McDaniels. And so, uh, as you've seen, we've been talking about politics a lot lately because of, you know, the recent events in California and COVID. You know, it's uh, unfortunately, I mean, because we don't like talking about this much, but unfortunately, we've been having a lot of uh, political issues. But uh, today, for a change, we're going to be talking about something different. And, you know, Mike and I decided to talk about the 27 Club. Yeah, that's a very interesting topic because many of those who are very famous that have passed on at the age of 27. Yeah, so we were looking at uh, the full list of the 27 Club, you know, uh, famous celebrities who died at the age of 27. And we found a little over 200, if I'm not mistaken. And out of all those people, uh, we we found eight. So we have a total of uh, eight uh, of the 27 club that are the most uh, famous celebrities who died at the age of 27. And um, the first uh, person that we will talk about is Mr. Robert Johnson. Uh, he was a blues guitarist. And um, according to the research that I see here, uh, he was very famous. Uh, he was born on May 8, 1911, and died on August 16, 1938. So yeah, he was 27 when he died. Uh, what What is said about Robert Johnson is that when he started, he was not necessarily a good guitarist. He was, in fact, a very uh, bad guitarist uh, to the point that he angered many people whenever he tried to play the guitar. Uh, they found annoying. Because, uh, it, it, even a gentleman said that he made the the worst racket ever. So as you can see, uh, he was not great at all. Uh, what is said about Mr. Johnson is that he actually sold his soul to the devil in exchange for um, for talent, you know, in order to be good at playing guitar. And it is also said about him that he would actually go to cemeteries at midnight to rehearse or play guitar. So as you can see, this last uh, fact did not help uh, his reputation. So this actually made people believe uh, more that, that he actually did, in fact, have dealings with the devil. Yeah, um, I, I've heard a lot about him, believe it or not. He was one of the influences on uh, metal music, believe it or not. Yeah, so he was like a pioneer musician, right? It, it has inspired a lot of, um, even members of the Rolling Stones, he has inspired. Uh, I remember the name of the gentleman, you know, one of the members of the Rolling Stones, but he said that uh, whenever he noticed, or whenever he felt that he had it all figured out when it came to guitar playing and heard Robert Johnson's play, he said that he had a lot to learn. So, uh, yeah, you can imagine uh, the... Uh, the influence that this man had uh, with guitarists, uh, blues uh, singers, uh, rock and roll musicians, uh, everybody. He was a very influential figure. But yeah, uh, not only uh, do Christians believe that he sold his soul to the devil, a, a lot of other people say that. Uh, he said it, it was at the corner of um, Highway uh, 49 and 65. I mean, I don't remember the exact numbers, but they, I, uh, I believe 49 they, and 61. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, I got that last one wrong. But yeah, it said this happened in uh, Tennessee, if I'm not mistaken. I'm going to have to look that up because, uh, <laughs> believe it or not, I, I listened to some blues back then. And oh, let me see. I would say towards, and it doesn't say on the internet, believe it or not. <laughs> <laughs> wow yeah uh one thing about his death though is that um uh, they do not know what he died of like he has uh, unknown reasons for his death uh but you know the point is is that he died at the age of 27 and uh well it is also said that he had a lot of alcohol problems and that his death could have been an assassination because i believe he was having an affair with a woman who was married at the time so that could have been uh, a cause of death uh, for uh, Robert oh. Johnson. I, I think I just found out where he did it. Uh, Clarksdale, Mississippi. Oh, okay. So it was not Tennessee. It was in Mississippi. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he, yeah, that's that's where he was. He was born in Mississippi and he died there. So yeah, lots of interesting stuff surrounding uh, Robert Johnson. And uh, yeah. So what's our next member for the, of the 27 Club? Uh, believe it or not, it's Brian Jones of the Rolling Stones. Yeah, another influential uh, figure in uh, pop culture. Uh, the Rolling Stones, as you know, are uh, a very famous uh, rock and roll band up until this day. Uh, you know, uh, a lot of influential musicians came from the Rolling Stones, uh, not to mention uh, Mick Jagger, you know, the singer. And so, yeah, tell us more about uh, Brian Jones. Well, Brian Jones, he was born in February 28, 1942, and he died July 3rd, 1969. So, you know, of course, he was in the 27 Club right there. Yeah, and... Uh, have you found any uh, any findings on you know the his the cause of death? Um, it says that he, uh, if I can look it up, he had died. I think it's due to drowning. Hmm. So he drowned. Maybe had an accident. Didn't know how to swim. Okay. It says drowning of immersion in fresh water associated with severe liver dysfunction. Oh, okay. So there was a, so maybe he had uh, prior damage to the liver, maybe caused by alcohol or other substances, and it didn't help that he was in, in the water, and that may have caused his drowning. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Pretty much from drug and alcohol use. That's what caused all that problems. Okay. And so he was with the Rolling Stones. Uh, what instrument did he play? It says he did guitar, harmonica, and piano. Oh, okay. So you don't see that very often in musicians. They either want to do one instrument or the other. So when you see musicians that know how to play different instruments, that, that means they're very talented. You know, they took the time to learn uh, different instruments. And they're kind of like a one-man show in a way, except that Mr. Jones was part of a uh, band. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, you know, also part of the 27 Club, as Mike said, uh, very tragic death because, I mean, it, imagine dying at the age of 27, you're very young, 
Uh, a lot of people at 27 either have small children or they don't have any children at all. So, I mean, there's always room, you know, it, you always think of what they could have done in life, you know? Okay. Yeah, so. it, it's sad, you know, like God rest their souls, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, okay, Mike, so who's, because uh, uh, what we're trying to do uh, with this uh, episode, uh, talking about this 27 Club, is we're trying to uh, mention them in chronological order, you know, based on the dates in which they passed away. So um, well, who's next on our list? Well, he is a hell of a guitar player, influenced on many people, including myself, even though I love other guitarists, Mr. Jimi Hendrix. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I gotta admit that I love his music. You know, recently there was a poll on Facebook if um, I could just afford a ticket for uh, to see a show of an artist that passed away, and of course I had to pick uh, Jimi Hendrix. You know, like you said, he was a great guitarist, and um, it was just a great artist. You know, I just love his uh, his music. I would say that first album is awesome. Like. It I had a chance to get it on vinyl, I would in a heartbeat. Yeah. So, you know, what I've heard about Jimi Hendrix is that there's a lot of uh, mysticism and uh, maybe occult influence surrounding him, just like uh, Robert Johnson. Uh, mm -hmm. It is said that uh, Hendrix actually described himself as a voodoo child and that... Um, he, I, I don't know if you noticed uh, his videos of his performances, but sometimes he acts as if he is he was possessed. Uh, one time he set his own guitar on fire for a performance, and um, it is said that he wasn't actually happy with his life, that he was very tormented because of the, the spirits in his body. And he had a, a girlfriend. Um, he was living with uh, his girlfriend in the 60s, and he actually asked her if, if he could, uh, I believe this woman was from uh, Georgia, Louisiana. I forgot uh, what state in the country, but he asked her to take him to a root lady for an exorcism. You know, he actually wanted to get rid of all these uh, spirits that were tormenting him. I've been hearing about that too, but I looked up uh, those little fact. Uh, he, his last words before we all found out that he had passed. His last words were, I need help, bad man. Yeah, he noticed that he was having a problem and he actually reached out for help. And um, yeah, very interesting. Uh, so what was his cause of death? Uh, it was due to drug overdose. Mm, yeah, if I'm not mistaken, I believe he died in his sleep, right? Because unfortunately, he could have choked on his own vomit. Uh, this is yeah. what I learned back in high school. Yeah. Yeah, so, it yeah. said died of asphyxiation while intoxicated with barbutrates. Uh, yeah, so this is the thing with drugs. So you either uh, get possessed because of using them or you are possessed and then you use them and you cause your problem to get worse. So in the case of uh, Jimi Hendrix, I think it was the other way around. I think he started with the drugs first, which mm -hmm. actually opened him to be uh, possessed to all these spirits. You know, it is also said that the spirits that, the spirits that tormented uh, Jimi Hendrix 
were also possessing uh, Carlos Santana or, you know, Santana is still alive. So it's, um, it's quite possible that he's still under the influence of these spirits. Um, you know, it's very hard to tell because uh, Santana has always been, been talking about spirits, uh, especially this uh, entity that he calls uh, Metatron, you know, uh, not the one from uh, Transformers. I didn't say Megatron, I say Metatron. You know, the name sounds very yeah. similar, but this is one of the entities that Carlos Santana has been talking from time to time. Yeah, I, I've actually heard of that, believe it or not. Yeah, so it's actually a very strong connection between drugs and the occult and uh, possession and everything. So uh, don't do drugs, you know, they damage your body, but they can also harm your soul because if it makes you open to spirits and other dimensions, and you, you really don't want to mess with that stuff. You know, it's, it's easy to get into, but it's very hard to get out of. Yeah, that's why that's that's a rule in uh rock and roll or metal whatever like stay away from the drugs you know just learn from all flows from the past okay so uh it looks like okay so it's been we covered uh three people already uh the next person on on our list is miss Janice Joplin. Uh, she was also a very famous artist during the 60s. And let's see, she was born on January 19, 1943. You know, so she was a January baby like myself. And unfortunately died on October 4th of, of 1970. So she lived through the 60s and only saw the, um, the beginning of the 70s. And so it appears that she was uh, American. Uh, not only was she a singer, she was also a songwriter. Uh, it is also said that before she died, she actually suffered from syphilis because, you know, in the 60s, it was all about free love. And, you know, you if you were not having um, a committed relationship, it was fine. You know, you can uh, sleep with as many people as you wanted. But even though there was no AIDS back then, uh, there were still other sexually transmitted diseases that you can contract. And obviously, uh, Ms. Joplin, uh, unfortunately, she had to suffer through syphilis, you know, because of the many uh, sexual partners that uh, she had at one point. Yeah, and also it said besides doing vocals, she also did guitar. Yeah, that's, you know, we have another uh, talented musician here. And it also says that in 1967, she rose to fame following an appearance in the Monterey Pop Festival. And she was the lead singer in um, the little known San Francisco psychedelic rock band, Big Brother and The Holding Company. You know, a lot of people only mention her solo work, but they don't mention the fact that she was part of a band at one point. And mm -hmm. she released two albums with the band and then she left to continue uh, solo. So yeah, she wasn't in the band that long. So maybe that's why they don't talk about it as much. So it also says here that she died of a heroin overdose. So Im imagine how terrible this, this is. Not only did she suffer from a sexually transmitted disease, she was also having drug problems. And you could see that clearly in her live performances. I don't know if you've seen her perform live, uh, Mike, but... Uh, she mm -hmm. would actually get really crazy. Like a lot of people say that she was, um, she had an addiction to alcohol, but not many people mentioned her drug addiction. But yeah, 
uh, all of her problems were because of alcohol, drugs, and um, the syphilis that she suffered of. Yeah, but to die of a drug overdose, that's like the one of the worst deaths to ever deal with, especially at a young person's age, you know? Yeah, and I mean, she didn't even seem that she was going to be a musician. She looked like she was going to be... Uh, that she was going to be working on something completely different you know she was born in texas she obviously came from a uh conservative family uh it says here that hmm at a business college yeah university of texas in at austin university yeah but i think it, it says here that she was married right uh, it doesn't say that she was married. Oh, no, actually, I think this is her father. Yeah, he was an, an engineer at Texaco, I said. And she had siblings, and she was, she actually went to a, um, yeah, she was a Christian, too. So, uh, you know, I guess her life changed uh, a lot, you know, like, uh, you know, because when you grow up, you change. So I guess she forsook her Christian faith, and she decided to go for music, and then she got into all, all this trouble that we already mentioned. Yeah, it's sad, but, you know, one day people are going to realize, hey, you know, a lot of these musicians and all those who died young, they left the biggest impression on the world, you know, they left their mark. Yeah, that's, that's true. So the internet focuses a lot on her career, you know, what she did throughout her life and it says here that um, she had relationships with men. They even mentioned a couple of them by name. And she um, oh. says she also dated a couple of women, you know. So um, she says she lived with uh, Jay Whitaker, you know, one of um, uh, her girlfriends. And yeah, very interesting. Uh, and it says that uh, she ended her relationship with this woman because of her um, drug, you know, because of her drug problems and also because she was seeing different people at the time. So uh, this is another reason why people uh, don't have stable relationships because they want to have a husband, wife, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, and they are still uh, seeing other people, you know, which is something that you definitely don't want to do if you want to have a stable relationship. And, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I don't agree a hundred percent on that. Yeah, exactly. And I believe she was also a musician who was part of Woodstock. Uh, they're mentioning that here. Um, and uh, let me let me see if I I can find her official cause of death because. Uh, okay, it says so, uh, overdose. Yeah, it says she was found dead on the floor in the hotel. You know, so she didn't even die in her home. She died at a hotel room. And, uh, you know, she had alcohol there. So I guess that's why they mentioned her alcohol problems. And um, it says newspapers reported. Oh, okay, so they didn't find any other drug. And uh, then someone wrote a book in 1983 uh, about her. Um, this, it is said that the evidence for the narcotics was actually removed at the scene, you know, maybe so that 
it wouldn't uh, further damage her image, uh, her postmortem image, as you would say. And uh, let's see what else do we see here. Uh, yeah, I don't don't seem to see anything about the uh, the syphilis problem, but uh, you know, I I read this in other uh, from other sources. Yeah, it's tragic, but you know, she left an impression on many of those who want to get into rock music, you know, because they consider her the first rock queen. Yeah, I mean, this is definitely um, very important uh, legacy that she's leaving behind. She has inspired many musicians, especially women, you know, because in the beginning, in the 50s, the 60s, everybody assumed that this whole rock thing was just a for men, you know, but, you know, there's there's women who stepped into the industry and made a change and they showed us that anybody can be a rock musician if they put their mind to it. That is true. That is true. Yes. Uh, okay, Mike. So who's next on our list? Believe it or not, he's an influence on, you know, the kind of like the psychedelic rock kind of thing. Believe it or not, it's Mr. Jim Morrison of the Doors. Yeah, uh, another great um, figure from the 19, 1960s, talented musician. Uh, he rose to fame uh, fairly quickly, I would say, even though he, he was practically homeless at the beginning of his career. Uh, it is said that he would sleep uh, in some rooftops at Venice Beach, you know, Back then, I think you could still do it. Right now, it will be too dangerous to do so. But uh, that's uh -huh. how uh, Jim Morrison started. Yeah, and believe it or not, he died in a tragic way. Because I think uh, I showed you this list. It was called the Shocking Music Moments, and they mentioned his uh, his passing. Yeah, it was also because of drugs, right? Yeah, I guess they found him dead and he wasn't moving. Yeah, from what I see here, uh, he wasn't even, uh, he was born in Florida, but he died in Paris, France. I think he was on a uh, musical tour and that's when he died. Well, I'm trying to see what um, they're saying about his death. Like, how do you die? Well, people said a, it was, I think somebody in, you know, wherever it was, they said heart heart failure, but, but we don't believe that. It was actually an accidental overdose. Yeah, because some people say that he was actually recovering from drugs before he died, and that's why uh, they attribute it to his voice change. Because when you see the, the early Doors work, uh, his voice sounds completely different from what it ended up, uh, from what it later sounded like before he died. So even, you know, my sister, she's a big uh, Doors fan. So she has mentioned this as well, that his voice has changed a lot. Uh, another interesting aspect about Jim Morrison is that he was uh, actually very influenced by in um, by a 19th century occultist, uh, the infamous uh, Aleister Crowley. Uh, I mean, a lot of musicians have claimed to be influenced by this figure, but uh, Jim Morrison actually admired him a lot. There's actually a picture of him 
in which he puts his hands together and is holding the head of, the, of a, a small statue of uh, Aleister Crowley. I'm not sure if you guys have seen this picture, but it's actually very interesting because uh, it is also said that Morrison was also a practitioner of the occult. Uh, he is not known for performing any rituals or anything, but uh, people say that if you want to see his influence uh, in the occult and in his music, all you have to do is take a look at a couple of videos of his live performances, because uh, people have described him not as a showman, but as a shaman, because when he would perform, uh, you could actually hear him. Um, you hear his voice, but you don't hear just his voice. Like uh, other voices come out of him. Like some people say this is like a, a strategy, like a singing strategy, but it's actually quite impossible. Even when you're very, uh, this is my opinion, you know, even when you're mm -hmm. a very talented singer, I believe it's actually impossible for you to be speaking and have something else speak, uh, you know, unless you were possessed or, you know, there has to be a uh, paranormal explanation to this, you know, because I don't, there's nothing logical about you speaking or singing and another voice coming from inside you, you know, like having a chorus within you. You know, I find that actually, I find it impossible. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's sad really that he had died because he had left a legacy behind for other musicians and vocalists who are really inspired by his music. And I usually don't listen to the doors, but I like some of the songs. Because I heard his voice, I'm like, wow, this this guy can sing. He can he can put it out there. Yeah, and uh, they also say that uh, the reason why he got into, into the occult, not, not only was it because of his, uh, that he was influenced by Crowley, but they said that it was because of this experience that he had with this, the spirits of some dead Indians. Uh, I'm really not quite familiar with that experience. I don't think I see it here uh, listed on the internet. But it said that it was actually something really creepy that he's that he was actually able to see the spirits of those dead uh, Native Americans, Indians, whatever you want to call them. Um, have yeah. you heard about that? I've heard about that. Yeah, and... so there's mm -hmm, mm -hmm, certain certain things that can inspire you, but I guess. Um, he never recovered from this experience. And I guess that's why he uh, decided to study more on the occult. Because another thing I read is that he, uh, when he was in high school, he did, he studied the occult and he even uh, did a book report on demonology for a, an assignment. I forgot where I read this from, but yeah, it's actually very, uh, very strange, yeah. Yeah, I have to agree 100% on that because I think weird things can inspire so many people to write songs. Okay, I actually looked at the, the experience he had with those uh, Native Americans. It says here that uh, he was traveling near Albuquerque with his family and they came up on an accident involving Pueblo Indians and several were dying on the roadside. And after as the Morrisons left the scene, the boy became more and more hysterical. And he later claimed that at the time, the soul of a dying Indian had entered his body. So uh, this is one of the reasons why he didn't recover from that experience, because he claimed that 
one of the souls of these people actually uh, possessed them. And uh, this is something that happened when he was just a boy. Yeah, I, I can screw up anybody, to be honest. Like, that's a real head trip, as we call it. Yeah, very strange indeed, because, I mean, I don't imagine... Um, I don't imagine anyone going through that and actually talking about it. Yeah, if I experienced something like that, I, I, you know, I'll be tripped out about it. Yeah, true. So, yeah, that was uh, Jim Morrison. Uh, you know, like I said, he was a talented musician. Uh, he left a legacy, you know, for like even for people who don't like the doors, you know, you must have heard of him in the doors. And, uh, you know, he also, well, he, he didn't do, do a cameo, but, you know, he appeared. Uh, well, there was an actor playing him in uh, the Wayne's World movie, right? You probably remember that. Uh, Wayne's World 2. Yeah. So there you go. Wayne's World 2. And uh, supposedly Wayne saw him in a dream. And uh, uh, I, I think it was when they were going to do the whole um, concert, right? When they had to come up with these bands because they promised that such and such were going to appear at this uh, venue. And uh, uh, yeah, I forgot the plot of the movie, actually, because it's been a while since I've seen it. But that's what I remember. Yeah, I still laugh at that, to be honest, because like if a musician that had passed away appears in your dreams that's not also a trippy thing but it'll be something to remember forever yeah true i mean i've never had a dream like that but if i did then i will definitely remember that'd be cool if a uh, dimebag daryl got into my dreams this <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's I like mean... I, mm -hmm. I call him like you know i know it's kind of blasphemous way he's like a guitar god where if you see him as playing, you'd be amazed. He can do a lot with the guitar. Yeah, and obviously, Dimebag Daryl is not part of the 27 Club. He was quite older when he died, probably in his 30s or 40s, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, yeah, late 30s. He, but yeah, he's one of your greatest inspirations, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so that was Jim Morrison. Uh, who's next on our list? Uh, well, I know some people who are really influenced by this guy. But, you know, we got, we got to put it out there, uh, Mr. Kurt Cobain of Nirvana. Yeah, he's actually a, a music pioneer in a way because he started what we now know as uh, the grunge uh, subgenre of rock. Uh, mm -hmm. the reason he, has, he mentioned in the past that he actually started this musical genre because uh, during his time, uh, there was a lot of uh, glam metal, and uh, he actually didn't like that. So he said, there has to be music for us, you know, for people who don't enjoy this uh, glam metal bullshit, you know. And that's how he started with the whole uh, grunge. And yeah, he started Nirvana. Um, he's actually from uh, Washington State, right? That's where Kurt Cobain was born. Yeah, Washington State. Uh, mm -hmm. Aberdeen, Washington. Yeah, one thing I've heard about Aberdeen, Washington, is that it's a very depressing place to live in. Uh, it's always raining from what I heard. So uh, that's why a lot of uh, rock bands actually come from Aberdeen, Washington, because they want to become rich and famous, not because they're greedy or because they're really interested in the money, but it's just because they, they want to leave this place. Yeah, 
That's kind of true. Because uh, uh, I think the the grunge movement started because people got tired of hair metal and they got so sick of it that when grunge came out, pretty much everyone pushed glam to the side and said, get out of here. You're old news. We want something new. <laughs> yeah, I think um, this, uh, what, what we're talking about right now, I heard it uh, in a documentary. Well, I actually saw it in the documentary that a lot of you may remember, especially if you have Netflix, uh, the name of the documentary was Soaked in Bleach. Unfortunately, it is no longer available on Netflix, but if you saw it when it was on Netflix, then uh, you, you're probably going to remember a couple of the things that we're going to mention here today. Um, it was actually very interesting. They talk about, you know, the beginning of, uh, you know, they actually talk from the birth, birth of Jimi Hendrix. Uh, I'm Jimmy, what am I saying? The birth of Kurt Cobain up until his death, you know. Um, mm -hmm. And I also heard that his death is actually surrounded by a lot of controversy, right? Yeah, there was. Yeah, uh, you know, in my opinion, I think the worst thing, uh, not only the drug problem, but the worst thing that could have happened to Kurt Cobain was meeting uh, Courtney Love. I mean, I don't know what you think, but that's that's my opinion. Uh, believe it or not, I never liked Courtney Love, to be honest. And I know I'm going to get shit for that. <clears throat> the problem was she's kind of like junkie in a way. Like, have you seen how she acts? Yeah, I remember we recently saw uh, the most shocking uh, moment in uh, music history. And yeah, I did see her. Uh, I think she was doing a sketch for uh, Saturday Night Live, right? And she said that oh, no. she was... It wasn't Saturday Night Live. It was a, uh, I think it was a comedy roast where they're making fun of Pamela Anderson, but then she's belligerent and everyone targeted her instead. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it was a comedy roast for Pamela Anderson. And uh, she said that she had been sober for a couple of months, but she really wasn't, right? Yeah. One comedian made a joke because she's like, oh, I've been sober for a year. And like, I hope that's <laughs> not true because if it is, you have problems. Yeah, exactly. Because, I mean, what, what we need to understand about Kurt Cobain and Courtney Love is that they didn't do just like a, like cocaine or a weed, you know, like the gateway drugs, as they call them. They actually did heroin, you know? And this is very dangerous because um, I believe you can, it, it causes like serious uh, brain damage. It's very addicting. It's more addicting than, than any other illegal drug out there. And uh, and you also go through the uh, the danger of being infected by AIDS because, you know, you do a, a lot of needle sharing when you when you do heroin. You know, you use it on yourself and then you let someone else use the needle. So, yeah, it could cause serious problems. Yeah, I, but I'm trying to find out his real death because... Every time I look it up, everyone says, oh, suicide. Like, like if he's really depressed, couldn't he get, like, therapy or something like that? No, I, I highly doubt it was suicide because, as everyone knows, um, it, you know, they, they found all this heroin in his body, you know, where there was an autopsy done on his body. They found all this. Uh, it, it was... 
he used a lot of drugs when he, but they say that it's impossible for you to carry a shotgun and uh, kill yourself while you are under the influence of all these drugs that he did. Like it's physically impossible. So there's another theory that um, someone may have been behind his death, that it was actually someone called a hit on him. And the prime suspect will be none other than Courtney Love. Uh, there is a documentary that I think is, is now banned here in the U.S., but it is a British documentary done by a British um, journalist who did all this investigation. And uh, he actually spoke to a, a rock artist who unfortunately is no longer alive either because surprise, surprise, uh, he was pushed in front of a train and he died and the reason why they did that is because he was going to talk I think he briefly mentioned that that Courtney Love actually paid him or someone he knew uh, to kill Kurt Cobain well I'm looking up something like they said during the last years of his life he struggled with heroin addiction and chronic health problems from depression yeah, so that, that's another cause of death. You know, he was uh, severely affected by uh, all these drugs and, you know, all his, uh, because, you know, drugs, uh, not only, like I mentioned, not only do they damage your body and your soul because of all these uh, spiritual problems that you could develop, but also because it will leave uh, severe damage in your body, you know, like, or it could cause brain damage, a heart attack. Uh, you mentioned it. it. It will affect everything. Yeah, and, and I'm looking at this other part. It says, in March of 94, he overdosed when he did a combination of champagne and ruhifnol. Mm. Which, I if you don't know, ruhifnol is uh, known as, you know, rookies or the date rape drug, if you will. Yeah, it's an illegal drug. Yeah, but people still, they still find a way to get to it. Who the hell knows who brings it in? That's just weird. Yeah, and um, not, not only that, but he also damaged his body because they said that when he, uh, when he and uh, Courtney Love would be together in different hotels uh, where mm -hmm. they would do their drugs, they actually, um, they wouldn't eat well, you know? They would just do their drugs. And uh, for those weeks when they were at different hotels doing drugs, they would be eating nothing but um, chips and, and soda. That would be their diet while they were doing all those drugs. Yeah, and said a month after that, I guess they found him dead and that was it. That's all she wrote. Yeah, but it's actually very shocking. Like it, it really brings a chill down your, your, your back when you think about the fact that Courtney could have caused this. And I mean, who will be as cold-blooded as to call a hit on her own husband you know that's just terrible yeah like even though I don't like his music I would say he influenced a lot of people in different ways with you know doing music yeah yes that is correct okay yeah so and you know he also leaves a legacy even to those who don't listen to Nirvana because he was like I mentioned he was a music pioneer he started the grunge a musical genre and yeah he will always be remembered yeah that is true uh, okay. who, so who's next uh well our next uh, 
member of the 27th club is actually a gentleman that a lot of you may not have heard of because he was actually a Mexican singer of the uh, regional Mexican general. His name was uh, Valentin Elizalde. He was born on February 1st of 1979 in Navajoa, Mexico. So, you know, he was born in Mexico and he died on November 25, 2006 in Reynosa, Mexico. So he was born in Mexico and he also died there. And uh, well, he was uh, from Sinaloa. You know, this is a very dangerous region in Mexico. Uh, it is closely tied to a lot of um, drug cartels. And, you know, it's a very dangerous place to be in if you're in the music industry, especially with this genre, because uh, the thing with uh, with these uh, kind with this type of singers is that if a cartel is financing your musical career, you are automatically the enemy of the rival cartel, you know? So even when you're not involved, even when you haven't... Um, worked as a drug dealer or trafficking yourself you're already part of a cartel because the cartel is financing your musical career so i think this is what happened with valentina lizalde because unfortunately he was shot i believe he received a threat from the cartel saying oh don't perform uh, this in this song at this place because you're gonna die but uh he didn't pay attention to what he, uh, what they said and he still did the song um it's a, a song called A Mis Enemigos, which in English say uh, this is to my enemies, you know, so he is like counter threatening those people that uh, threaten him. And uh, I mean, this didn't sit well with the rival cartel, so they put a hit on him. And it's very strange because uh, after he died, there was a very strange video going I mean I'm pretty sure by YouTube standards it wouldn't be allowed to be shown now it's probably not available anymore because of the strong content but you see how this man is stripped naked on an uh kind of like an operating uh table you see his his clothes soaked in blood and he was being I think it was a video of his autopsy but it was actually quite graphic and I remember hearing uh, about that. Yeah, it was uh, it was shocking. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm looking up uh, his what his death was. It's considered murdered. Where I guess he was walking out of a concert area and he got gunned down along with his chauffeur and his assistant. Yeah, a lot of people say that uh, his cousin may have been involved in the uh, uh, in his death because uh, they said that it's very suspicious because he was um, he was joining them too, right? But he said he was very tired, so he just wanted to go to the back of the truck and sleep there. And uh, so basically everybody, because it was a, like a pickup truck, I think, and they all got in there and everyone got shot except the cousin who was sleeping in the back, you know? And I remember that when he was interviewed uh, a little while after uh, the assassination, he was very nervous that during the interview, he will stutter a lot because uh, there's a show. Well, it was a Hispanic-speaking uh, Spanish show uh, called Christina. She's like uh, the Hispanic-Cuban version of Oprah Winfrey. So this guy was being interviewed by her, and he seemed very nervous. And at that time, when I saw the interview in 2006, I was like, hmm, maybe this guy knows more than he's, uh, what he's actually talking about. He, he looks very suspicious. He looks absolutely nervous. Uh, but... I was recently disgusted with something I heard recently. It is said that 
this man, the cousin, you know, the one, the man who was not killed during uh, when Valentin was assassinated, he's actually going to marry the ex-wife of the late uh, Valentin Lizale. So can you imagine how disgusting this is? Not only could he have caused his death, but he's now going to marry uh, his ex-wife. See, that, that's, the th <clears throat> that's the thing about some people like that. You know, they're sick in the head. And I know justice will come after that, that cousin, you know, if they could get, get all the evidence they need. Yeah, and I'm also reading the lyrics of this song. It actually, uh, you know, maybe because he was tired of all these threats that he was receiving from the cartels. And he said that uh, this is dedicated to all those people who are envious of me, you know, who are jealous of me. And uh, he actually compares them to dogs. He's like, uh, keep barking dogs because this is a sign that I'm moving forward. Uh, and, you know, this is for, for those who are talking about me. Um, Um, let's, yeah. let's see what else. Yeah, it's it's a it's a very strange song. Uh, it is. Like, oh, yeah. And it's sad what happened to him because think about it. If he was still here, imagine how much you know more music he could have created. And he said, "I I am keeping my eye on you." So he's basically in this song. He's admitting that he already knows where the threat is coming from, uh, and he's like, "Why are you talking behind my back?" Uh, but that's all you're good at, you know, so. So, yeah, basically, uh, this song, uh, he sounds very upset. I, I heard. I mean, when I first heard it, I, I thought it was just a song dedicated to other people who do similar songs, you know, like his musical rivals in a way. But this was actually, you know, accord, uh, judging from the lyrics that I'm reading that right now in Spanish, it, it may refer to uh, the people who actually try to... Uh, and ultimately killed them, you know? Yeah, it, it sucks what happened. But well, what I think is, I think the positive, like imagine all the inspiration he gave to other musicians and vocalists out there in the world. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm Mexican, as you know, so I really respect the uh, regional Mexican genre. I believe it's great. If you're talented at that, go for it. But uh, I mean, I would advise you not to uh, join. Don't let anybody finance your musical career. Do it yourself, you know, because if you're going to get all this money so that your career can move forward in music, but in exchange, you're also going to be um, you're also going to be targeted by these, uh, you know, by the members of the rival cartel, then I say it's not worth it. You know, it's like Jesus said, why? Um, uh, what gain will a man receive from uh, gaining the whole world but loses his soul, you know? And it, it kind of fits in, into this situation because, I mean, uh, you're going to die and you're going to suffer a very tragic death, you know? Yeah, it's happened to many people, you know? And it sucks, really. Mm hmm Okay, so who's next on our list? Well, believe it or not, it's last on our list. Um, believe it or not, I, I never liked her music, but I remember hearing one of her songs so many times to the point where I would get annoyed. But, you know, it's, it's got a meaning behind it. Uh, Miss Amy Winehouse. Yeah, she was a British uh, singer. 
uh, songwriter as well. You know, the, the songs she would perform, she actually wrote them. Uh, and she was influenced by the blues and uh, jazz. So uh, according to the information on the internet, she was born on September 14 of 1983 and died on July 23rd of uh, 2011. So yeah, she was a September baby. Yeah, just like my parents. <laughs> uh, so I'm showing here that she was uh, briefly married to a gentleman named Blake Fielder Sybil. Uh, she, the marriage only lasted uh, two years, maybe because of her drug addiction. Uh, you know, very uh, terrible things happened to Miss Winehouse because of um, her addictions. And, you know, her death is also surrounded by mystery because it says that uh, she lived in a big mansion, I, I believe. So people, you know, the neighbors, they said that in the night in which she died, actually strange noises came from her house. Like if someone screaming, you know, someone being tortured, you know, noises of that nature, basically. And um, she was discovered that, the, you know, she was found dead the next day. And they said that it was pretty strange because, uh, you know, her body was being carried away in a red or burgundy uh, cloth. And they said that it actually has a uh, an occult meaning, you know. So they're also tying the occult to Amy Winehouse. But it's not because she was actually in the occult, but it was because she refused to participate in the occult because she was told that she was supposed to put subliminal imagery and her music videos, you know, dealing with triangles and all that stuff. And as you know, the triangle represents the pyramid, uh, which has a lot of occult symbolism. And she pretty much uh, refused to do that. And uh, it is also said that her song Rehab has nothing to do with actual rehab from uh, drug use. It actually has to do with uh, her refusing to be going back into the programming, you know, because if you're familiar with MK Ultra and a lot of uh, programming that is done on different celebrities, I believe she was programmed at one point, but then she refused to go back to be reprogrammed. You see what I mean? Yeah, <clears throat> we already know one experiment of MK Ultra that escaped Kanye. <laughs> Yeah, but unfortunately, he got reprogrammed, you know, because uh, one time he was lucid, if you will, and he was going to talk about what the elite does to these uh, celebrities who are programmed. And then he disappeared, you know, no one heard of him in a couple of weeks or even a month. And then he came out again and his hair was bleached. He was speaking nonsense. So I'm like, oh, OK, so I see that Kanye, Kanye got uh, reprogrammed. <laughs> yeah. Well, you said uh, she's found dead. Like, did it say? Because I'm seeing right here, it says that she died from alcohol poisoning, where they showed her blood alcohol content was 0.416, which is like five times over the limit. Wow. No, actually, uh, I wasn't familiar with the cause of death. Like, all I heard is that... Um, that she could have been killed because it was actually very suspicious, you know, the way she died. So, yeah, but she she had a feeling that her uh, she was going to end up like that. She said, I'm going to be part of that club, you know, because she was familiar with the 27 club. So she always said that she was going to be a part of it and that she was going to die at the age of 27, which actually came true, uh, strangely. 
but I believe it was a TV show or a commercial. I, I don't remember what it was, but they had a, a, an image of her at death on the floor. And, you know, because of the hair, we already knew that they were talking about Amy Winehouse because she had this particular hairstyle that no other lady would use. And this uh -huh. was before she died. And so that's another thing that makes it very suspicious. It's kind of like what we saw with... Um, <sighs> I forgot her name. Uh, oh, yeah, with. Um, she's I'm forgetting the name, but uh, they did this with another celebrity. Um, with uh, Whitney Houston. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, so they, they did something similar with Whitney Houston at a Super Bowl because I don't know if you remember, but she died shortly after a Super Bowl. I forgot which year. But they said that she was there, like like a girl who looked exactly like her. She was there with an Elton John lookalike or with Elton John. I forgot what it was, but uh, it, they said some people said it was an actual prediction of her death. So, yeah, some people say that all these celebrities who are programmed or reprogrammed or whatever, uh, the elite already has a plan that they want to kill them. So. Because some artists are more successful after they die. You know, people buy shirts, they buy um, soundtracks, everything after a celebrity dies. So I think this is what happened to Amy Winehouse. The elite used her for whatever influence they wanted her to have on the listeners. And once they noticed that she was no longer useful or that she wasn't obeying or complying, then they decided to eliminate her. Yeah, I've, I've heard about that for some reason. Mm -hmm. I also heard she was... Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because a lot of people, they, they always say a conspiracy, but we don't know which one is true. Yeah, sometimes it's hard to tell, but I guess that if you can find evidence of something, then uh, there you go. Um uh, so this is what we know about uh, Amy Winehouse is that, uh, I mean, in my opinion, uh, she could have been killed, you know, because if she didn't comply, she didn't want to go back into rehab so that she could get reprogrammed. And that could have given the elite, the elite a reason to eliminate her, which is wrong in every level. But, you know, there's uh, powerful people out there. We don't know their names. We don't know how they look like, but they... Uh, they're the, the, the small group of people that rule the many, you know, just like in the in the book of the law written by Aleister Crowley. I believe that's what it says. Let my servants be few and known so that they can rule the many and known. So, yeah, it is the hidden hand as uh, as David, I would call it, you know, they they're in control of everything. They owe a lot of the money supply in the world. And, yeah, they can do whatever they want. Yeah, that's the problem with, you know, that group. They think, oh, yeah, we can own it all, but not everything. Yeah, of course, uh, even with all the money, uh, you know, uh, the elite is so stupid that they can eat. Did, did you know they actually believe they can uh, escape the, uh, the end of the world? <laughs> you can't. Yeah, but I mean, they're so stupid. They believe that they're just going to go up with their stupid rockets and that everything is going to be fine for them. But I mean, where is the end of the world coming from? Isn't it going to come from the sky down? Yep. So even if they fly off with their stupid rockets, it, it's possible that if they do that, they're going to be destroyed before the rest of us, right? 
Yeah, they'll be the sacrifice. Yeah, so it's actually absolutely stupid that they believe they're going to win, but um, there was a gentleman uh, who was a protect practitioner of the occult he was very old when he died I, I all I remember is that he was a French, French Canadian his last name was Morneau but he he said that some that the Luciferians you know the Satanists they actually believe that they're gonna win at the end you know that Jesus is just gonna uh, step aside and realize that the world actually belongs to Satan I mean we as believers you know Mike and I are Christian we don't believe that's actually gonna happen but they do believe that, you know, that they can escape the end of the world, that uh, that when you die, that's it, that there's no there's no after, afterlife, there's no resurrection. So they believe that you can do whatever you want in this life because you only live once. You know, I mean, you only live once, you know, that phrase is actually good, you know, so that you can live your life to the fullest. But when you read it from a satanic perspective, it's actually saying that you can do whatever you want without any repercussions, with, which is absolutely false. Or uh, that's what Dwight would say, false. <laughs> yeah, no, but I'm saying that it's, it's false for you to believe that you can do whatever you want and that there's not going to be any consequences. We already know this isn't true that is true because you know as we saw today in our show uh the 27 club uh the people we mentioned here today they did a lot of things they became uh idols in a way you know music legends but they did do a lot of things that ended up affecting them in a very negative way and a lot of these things they did actually cause them to die so this is why, um, I mean, Robert Johnson will be dead anyway, because if he was alive today, he would be very old. So uh, I'm talking about the, the young celebrities, you know, like uh, Kurt Cobain and Amy Winehouse. If, if they wouldn't have done drugs and all the other things they did, maybe they would still be alive today. So like I said, uh, stay away from drugs. Um, also stay away from people that may influence you negatively. Because if you're doing well, if you have a job, if you have a family, you don't want to lose any of that just because of you being influenced by someone who pretends to be your friend and ultimately just wants you to destroy your life. Yeah, that happens to a lot of celebrities, to be honest. You know, they always got that one person whispering in their ear to go do something and just it fucks up their careers. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of uh, celebrities who have been misinfluenced. You know, like we were talking about Whitney Houston earlier. She was one of them. She had, uh, I believe, two men in her life. Um, Bobby Brown, uh, she did a lot of drugs with him. And I think Ray J, too, you know, uh, Brandy's brother. I yeah. believe she also got her deeper into drugs. And then he left her for a younger woman, so... Uh, you know, there's people who use you, uh, not only your friends, but also your significant others, you know, like it happened in the case of uh, Kurt Cobain, or, uh, you know, Courtney Love could have been a positive influence on him, she could have told him to quit, you know, well, that's if she wasn't a drug user herself, but uh, she actually pushed them deeper into drugs, you know, because like I said, they would do the drugs together. And um yeah, so a lot of people may have needed help, but they didn't receive it because they didn't talk to the right people. And yeah, it's tragic, really. Yeah, that is true. 
you know, but one day we'll all discover the truth of all these people. And when it's out there and it's finally exposed, there you go. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah, thank you, guys. I hope you enjoy the show. It was very uh, educational for me because some of the things we reviewed here, I didn't know. So it's a good thing that we had the chance to do research so that uh, we can give you more information. But yeah, if you want to learn more about any of the celebrities we uh, reviewed today, you can definitely go on the internet and look it up yourself. Uh, it's very interesting, you know, also the fact that they all died at the age of 27. I think there must be a meaning behind it. I mean, I don't want to be a pessimist, but it almost seems that these, even when the They like, like even uh, with Jimi Hendrix who died of drugs and Janice who also died of it, it almost seems as if th these deaths were intentional, right? Because they all died up 27, you know, different problems, but they all died at the same age. Yeah, they did. Yeah, it's very interesting. Uh, let us know if you want us to do a part two. Uh, we already mentioned the most famous. Uh, members of the 27 Club, but like I said, there is a list of 200 plus members, so we can definitely cover them. Uh, they are not as famous as the people we mentioned today, but it will be interesting for us to do more research and see what these people were, because uh, in the, uh, these people, I, I saw an American rapper, a Japanese actress, there was also a Korean singer or actor, I forgot what it is, but yeah, it, um, Those people seem very interesting. So yeah, we'll definitely do a part two in the future. Yeah, so I guess that's all we can <laughs> come up with. But, you know, we'll, we'll come up with some more pretty soon, you know. Yeah, uh, we're gonna, on our next show, we're gonna talk about a very uh, interesting subject that we came across recently. And we're gonna have a guest talking about it. So, yeah, stay tuned. And then uh, this is our last episode of September. So, you know, that means that uh, October is coming. So, you know, October, you know what it means, Halloween. So we're going to have a brand new Halloween special. It's going to be similar to the one we had last year in which I told you a scary story. But in this year's Halloween special, uh, Mike is also going to share a story with us. So we're going to have uh, two stories for that show. But, yeah, in the meantime, thank you guys for... Um, for listening and we'll talk to you soon thank you guys for joining us and we will see you very soon but don't worry we're not gonna yeah. scare you too much on the next episode <laughs> yeah thank you have a good night you too don't stop me don't stop me don't stop me